Welcome to the Massage Therapy Podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Nicole. We are RMT's female small business owners and colleagues with more than 13 years of experience. Join us each episode as we sit down and discuss the latest in massage therapy, share experiences, and talk to other practitioners in the healthcare world. Grab a cup of tea, put up your feet, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to this episode of the MTP. We hope you all are keeping well. Thank you again for joining us today, listeners. Today, we wanted to check in as we've been back to work, both Nicole and I, for about a week now. So we wanted to follow up on our episode 10, I believe, um, of us going back to work during a pandemic. Uh, We also have a guest today whose clinic looks a little different from ours. So we wanted to get her perspective on the return, the transition, and what it's going to be like for her. Um, So with that, I'm going to toss it over to Nicole to introduce her. Hey, so we're here today with Brittany, and she actually runs a clinic out of her home, which is really cool. Um, we've seen online a lot of people talking about trying to implement the, the protocols and directives and trying to do it in your home or even home visits. So we thought it'd be really neat to have um, someone who has just gone back, sort of soft launched her um, reopening um, the last week or so, and uh, how she's been able to implement all of those protocols. A little background on Brittany and I, we went to college together at Fleming, so we've known each other 14 years now, wow. and we've been trading for like nine or ten of those years, I guess, nine, ten. When did you come back from BC? Uh, that would have been 2010, so ten years. Yeah. yeah. So we've uh, worked together a lot, um, independently from each other, and worked together actually in a clinic at one point together as well, so uh, we overlap a lot in our policies. Procedures. We have a lot of the same signage in our clinic. Um, yep. Yeah, we share we everything together. Yeah, we make everything together. We've uh, used each other as like colleagues to try to bounce ideas off of each other um, and kind of keep connected within the massage therapy world because it can be a little isolating. So we've used each other and yeah. also see eye to eye on a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's been pretty easy. So um, yeah, do you want to say like how long you've been training out of your clinic? Give us a little background to that. Maybe give us a little little idea of what it looks like at your house. Yep. So um, my current location, I've been there for almost four years, but I have been practicing out of a house setting for five years at this point. Um, so my husband and I spent probably like a good 10 months looking for my current location um, because I knew that we didn't, well, I didn't want to move again. And I knew that I wanted to be working from home, but I also wanted to plan for the future in case we ever have kids or whatever, so we can make it. So my space is as separate as possible. So right now I live like in a, century home that is also renovated so it's a lot more modern so I have like a front porch and then my clinic is on the main floor so you walk in and I have like a front hallway and a front room area which I use for reception and then you walk through another door and it's actually my dining room Um, and then off the side of that I have my treatment room to the left And then just past that is my bathroom. So I have like a nice little square area that I can use. And then I can really block it off 
from the rest of my family because my main living space is actually upstairs. Oh, perfect. That's really cool. And you said you've been in this location or practicing out of your home for four years now, you said? Out of this current location, yeah. yeah. And then I did a year at another place before that. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So if you uh, could, a little bit more about you, um, explain like your treatment style, like what would you kind of explain it as? (laughs) I would explain myself as more as a therapeutic therapist. Um, Yeah. And then I also like, I have um, the cupping and the acupuncture. I took hot stone, took deep tissue. Um, dynamic tape and then I also have like somewhat of a aesthetic background on top of that so I do some of that stuff um, but I do more of the massage really Mm -hmm. like that is my main income Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. we did acupuncture together actually at McMaster so yeah our um our careers very much overlap we did taping together we did cupping together Mm -hmm. we did acupuncture together we basically did most of our modalities together just so that we could save on like hotel calls yeah. I think. um so yeah. yeah so we definitely have that kind of overlap so um why don't we uh talk about so uh something that I found um very interesting is when you work from your home how you sort of uh screen your clients when they show up so I I know your protocol on this uh because we <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know it, so I want to know. Uh, yeah, but Heather does. So if you want to like explain, so with that particular protocol, because I think a lot of people with doing house um, calls or being in their own home, the idea of having people come to their house and exposing their family um, and their whole home to the risk of COVID is probably the biggest hurdle. So I think you've come up with a pretty decent, actually, sort of way to go about it. Yeah. So if you want to describe like when people sort of show up to your house, what you kind of do and what you've instructed your clients to do to make sure that someone who maybe shouldn't be there doesn't get through the door. Yeah. So I don't let anyone actually walk into my house until I've completely screened them because my thinking behind it is that my house is my safe zone for like me and the two other people living there. Um, so I don't want to expose them unless I like absolutely have to. Um, so I have my clients wait in their vehicle or they're allowed to wait on my porch. And then I have like a hand sanitizer station outside. Um, then they, I either text them or they come to my porch and then they kind of stand on the far end and then I'm by my door and then I give them the screening questionnaire. Um, so I read the questions and I make them answer and then I make myself answer. So they know that I've done my test for the day as well. And that it's negative usually, or it is always <laughs> negative so far. Um, and then, then I allow them to go in my house and I open the door for them. And then when they come into my house, they take their shoes off and then they immediately wash their hands before they even enter my treatment room. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Cause you have a, uh, I'm not sure if you meant this. You actually have a washer right directly beside your room too yeah. on the left. So they don't actually go anywhere other than the front foyer and the dining room you have yeah. because there's actually a door, a beautiful big barn door that separates that space from um, the kitchen that's behind it. Then that's just a big staircase upstairs. So they actually are very much secluded to like the front sort of entrance. Yeah. Right? So I'm very lucky. Like I can keep it like really just in kind of that little square area. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, and your porch has like the rooftop to it too. So yeah. if it's raining, people won't get wet and all of that. So, um, so she's been able to um, implement the whole like wait in your car before you come in. She's been able to implement the uh, pre-screening and hand washing pretty seamlessly. Um, yeah. It took a little creativity <laughs> with, and a little like planning with setting up hand sanitizer stations like outside and you bring it in and take it out every single day and stuff like that. But well, actually, I've just been leaving it. Outside. Okay. <laughs> Someone's going to come and steal your hand and that's not to say. It's only a small bottle. <laughs> You're leaving the gold out on the porch. No. Um, but, yeah, no, like uh, I found that really interesting. Um, in our situation, people actually can wait downstairs in the parking lot in their car, right? So uh, I like how you were able to do that because I think some therapists maybe feel that they tell telling clients to wait in their car um, can't uh, like in their driveway. It would be like an awkward thing, but I think people get it um, kind of idea. Yeah, because right? I really didn't. I couldn't think of another way around it, but mm-hmm. that's why I was kind of like, if you want to sit on the porch, you can sit yeah. on the porch. Yeah. And then literally I hands or um I to swipe that anyways after each client. Yeah. Actually, I was just thinking something someone could do if they don't have a porch is they could actually just, um, because we're like this verbal screening when they show up, they could just phone them, right? From the car too. So if it's raining or whatever, um, to anyone listening, random snowball idea. If like you had someone waiting out in their car, like in your driveway, you could just call them before they even show up to your porch because that is... Considered. That would be totally okay on the, based on our guidelines for sure. That's a, mm-hmm. I think a really great idea. And like again for us, if there was anybody that maybe we didn't, I want to say we don't trust our clients, but maybe there's somebody new or we haven't built a rapport with them. Maybe that's something mm-hmm. like even in the clinic sense um, for us that we could implement as well, just to make sure that like they pass that second screening before even entering the building and entering our clinic mm-hmm. too. Especially yeah. since ours is such a small space. Yeah, we could call them um, from our clinic upstairs while they're in their car or if they're waiting downstairs in the lobby of the building and just give them a call and pre-screen them over the phone before they even yeah. the clinic. Maybe that's something we'll do. I don't know. I kind of like that now that I've like thought of it. <laughs> Light bulb moment. Yeah, maybe that's an easier way than having them show up and then screening them face-to-face. Well, because they have signs and they're not in your Face, yeah right? exactly That's right they're not actually in because you stop them at the door so it's pretty easy for you to be like oh like they didn't even come in like you you walk outside right so yeah. you had six feet of space and everyone's wearing a mask so the risks are pretty mm-hmm. low at that point so i don't know heather we might be changing something yeah, I, might have to adjust. I kind of like that yeah but i kind of <laughs> want to i want to um wheel it back a little bit now when when we got the okay to come back I want and all the practice guidelines I kind of wanted to see what your initial reaction and Mm -hmm. feelings on that were especially as somebody who has a home-based clinic um I felt fine with a majority of them uh because before we kind of got the guidelines, I was trying to prep a little bit so I could like order what I think that I needed, um, but also just trying to figure out how to set up my house in a way um, without like really disturbing too much of it. So none of them kind of really threw me off guard because I was initially going to have people wash their hands anyways, <laughs> because I just, I don't know. I just know from the years, like, People are gross and they, <laughs> they literally don't care that it's a home practice mm-hmm. and they just like, they do what they want. So mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, I don't know where you were before 
you came to get your massage. So I'm just going to make people wash their hands. Um, and then I was doing the cleaning. The only thing I had to add to that was the second roundabout. Mm -hmm. Um, and what else? I obviously wasn't wearing masks unless people were sick or I was sick. Yeah. Um, no, nothing really threw me off guards. Yeah. So you're pretty organized. Yeah, I'm organized. <laughs> so like I kind of knew what I what yeah. I was gonna do. Yeah. And then I just you yeah. guys did. So I literally just went through each bullet and then made my own protocols because sometimes the CMTO and their wording can be a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So and then I pretty much had the idea in my head how I was gonna set up people coming in. Um and uh going about like allowing people to come into my house and everything and then i also knew that i wasn't gonna take new clientele at this time either um because i just can't trust people and i feel that my current clientele um i will be able to like see if they're lying <laughs> with the secondary yeah. screening you feel that rapport with them yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing. And I like, I really made sure in my emails, like to tell people like to do not just to think about themselves, but to think about like my other clientele and stuff too. Cause I do treat like some people that are immunocompromised right. and then just the fact that it is my home too. So I am allowing people to come into my house, which is a risk itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a risk outside of COVID too, right? Mm -hmm. like, yes. Did mm -hmm. you find, I know this is a little bit off the topic of COVID. Um, did you find that between working in a clinic and working at home, you're even screening of clients, new potential clients before COVID maybe looked a little different than a multidisciplinary or a bigger clinic? Uh, not really, because I have two big dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're my guard dogs. And then honestly, if I'm talking to someone on the phone and I kind of get like the heebie-jeebies about them, then I, I don't know, you just like, you know, after years, you have that feeling and you just, you don't go about it. Mm -hmm. um, plus, I always like, I always tell my husband when I have someone new and like what time they are. And then I like text him before obviously the treatment and then text him after the treatment or if he's at home because mm -hmm. uh, he's pretty lucky with his work schedule so but I wouldn't say I do anything really different than a clinic mm -hmm. yeah we've worked through enough cold and flu season yeah in our day <laughs> yeah. to, to know right and uh I mean, I feel like I'm like a little like OCD, um, but I feel like I'm still a step down from you, which is not a bad, I'm not saying it's bad. It's lovely. You have, you have a really good standard even before all of this, which is, I think likely why a lot of your clients did follow you from clinics to your home mm -hmm. um, because they know you just as a person. And then, so coming to your home didn't seem that big of a jump uh, for them in terms of like treatment, right? Like yeah, I think so too. And because like another worry of mine is sometimes like people are like, oh, you have like a, or I feel people can be like, oh, you have a home practice. So they can be kind of thrown off by that because they don't know, is it going to be loud and stuff like that. But honestly, my one dog barks when people come in, which is his job to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, generally pretty quiet yeah. I don't have kids I have dogs so yeah. that's what I, <laughs> I have right you. now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and people just like know and they're comfortable and they can tell that I spend time like cleaning and make sure that 
like I do keep my house clean and stuff and yeah like I'm a little OCD about things but it is your home right yeah Yeah. and I just I don't know I just have always had this thing like people like I said before they don't care whether it's a home practice or a clinic practice Mm -hmm. they just come in they're sick or whatever so I always like spray 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 yeah they're always (laughs) thinking about themselves Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I definitely would think that um out of all of our protocols um, that they've kind of given us for COVID as things like progress and maybe if there's a vaccine and whatever happens and we are on kind of the other side of this, mm-hmm. I feel like hand wa- the hand washing of clients and or the hand sanitizer, like we always during flu, cold and flu season, sorry, had the hand sanitizer out, but it might just be a, like a regular thing asking clients. Cause like you said, you can't trust, you don't know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and especially like if they came from, work and they could be teachers around little kids or in just the germs and this like we should all be practicing more hand hygiene outside of a pandemic yes absolutely. I agree. yeah yeah I'm hoping that with this clients do really take if they're sick into consideration like leaving their home um everyone knows that like one coworker that like shows up to work sick because they don't want to take their sick day as a sick day they want to take it as like a personal day and I know and it drives most people pretty nuts so I'm hoping that with all of this, uh, people stop doing that. And um, when people are sick and don't feel well, they do cancel their treatment because they know it's not uh, it's not really that beneficial um, kind of idea. I think it's really elevated our ability as um, massage therapists to put like our foot down when people are mm-hmm. sick or have something and use our professional judgment. So I'm actually not too upset about any of that, uh, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. uh, cause it always felt like it was some sort of weird judgment call, right? Like when someone yeah. be like, Oh, I'm just getting over a cold and you really were like, Ooh, I no, don't want not. you here. <laughs> like you're yeah. still sick, but to send them home and they've already shown up, it always felt like either you were like, cutting yourself short or if you worked at a clinic the clinic didn't want to lose out on the money and do you charge them like a no-show fee because they came in sick like now we have the power to be like we screened you you came in you are sick like you've now wasted my time or another client who was in need could have gotten it Mm -hmm. um maybe you give them a one-off um but it seems like at this point it's kind of like you know like there is no gray muddy water there like if you are yeah. sick you are not to come in and if you show up after i've already sent you an email um in our case an email to screen you before and then you still show up sick and you didn't let me know like i feel like i do have all of the ability to mm-hmm. say like goodbye, goodbye and yeah. i'm sending you a bill because like yeah. you could have known better right so oh, yeah. yeah i agree Mm-hmm. And because before, like I always had in my cancellation policy, like, please don't show up if you're sick. And mm-hmm. then I even explained to new clients, like, I'm self-employed. If I'm sick, I yeah. don't have time off. I don't get sick days. I can't work if I'm sick, mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, so there have been a few clients over the past couple of years that have showed up and then I just really, really spray and clean after them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm also lucky because I'm like 11 years into it. So my immune system has really been built up mm-hmm. and I take extra care of myself come cold and flu season. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. I've always done the whole, like, you know, if you were fine, um, feeling well, even confirmed your appointment 24 hours, still feeling fine. And you woke up in the morning with like sore throat or a cough. Like I've, I did the same thing. I was telling clients, like, I would rather you call me and say, Mm-hmm. Hey, I woke up sick. I'm not going to be able to come in for my 11, 12, 4, 7 o'clock appointment. 
because yeah. I don't want to get sick. I'm not going to charge you with that because you couldn't help getting sick. Exactly. And, my yeah. thing, and my other thing is even um, driving in, if it's a really bad time, like snowy out or whatever, and somebody doesn't feel comfortable driving, that was my other thing because I didn't feel, feel like it was appropriate for me to evaluate somebody else's like comfort level of driving and then punish them for them just having a different comfort level with that. Like I didn't just, I didn't think that was fair. And I don't think that's fair as a society to do Mm -hmm. to each other. We all have, and I know I'm just using driving as an example, but we all have different like experience levels and comfort levels with that. And I don't think it's fair to like be judging people and judging people like, Oh, well, it's just a little cough. Like you should just be able to go into work or, Oh, it's just a sore throat. You can still work. Like, I don't agree with that mentality and I'm hoping this pandemic might be able to like change society's like viewpoint on that. Or now a lot of companies excluding us can work from home (laughs) work online. So maybe instead of the sick days where like people are like, well, I can get out of bed, but maybe I shouldn't be like interacting with other people. Maybe they just work from home that day. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, like I was talking to a friend yesterday who, um, his work is a lot of online and now he's even more working from home before he was like going into the office, like two or three days a week. And now he's going into the office maybe once a month, if that, and he was like, their department did an evaluation of their productivity and it's gone up. Like it doubled with everybody working at home. So I think that proves something as like, maybe if we weren't all like stuck on this eight hours, nine to five, like mentality, if people had some flexibility to do some work in the morning, go out for a run, go for a walk, you know, feed your kid, put your kid down for a nap, whatever it is, go get groceries and then come back and do some more that Mm. like you might actually see more of a productive output than somebody feeling like they're chained to a desk. Right. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've had a few clients who they've been switched over to working from home and it seems like it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. So when they've been wanting to rebook, they say I'm way more flexible now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just tell me a uh, time, like I prefer say morning or afternoon, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, I can pop out from work. I can take my lunch at 11 or at three or whatever time. And, uh, they can just come in whenever. And it seems so, they seem like so much less like stressed about it, mm-hmm. rushed about it. Um, they don't feel like they have to go to their boss and be like, can I leave an hour early? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're taking wellness and time and they're cooking their lunch from home. So they're not getting fast food. Like, I really think this is, I've been saying it, I think for years, like I feel mm-hmm. like it needs to be pushed this way. I don't know why you haven't been using the technology we've had for so long to our advantage. I think it's just um, that old mentality that if you don't have your employee within your eyesight, they're definitely not going to work. Yeah. Um, But I think uh, there's the generations coming up. They've been, put in a position where they self-teach, they self-learn. We don't have the oversight that we used to have. You know what I mean? Like the, I remember being even in high school, they're like, we're not here to chase you. It's your education. Do what you want. Where, you know, back in the day, they used to have like, you're not paying attention, ruler or something insane. You know what I mean? So we don't have that same um, microscope on us as we did. And I think a lot of people really just want to be able to do their work and maybe do like a split, like where they come in two days a week and have half Mm -hmm. the office. Uh, I think it's really going to change a lot about like workplace environments. And I think that's really good. And I think even from massage therapists going to change a lot about our workplace environments. I know a lot of my clients have said they really love the fact that I am like in such a small singular unit. They don't have 
big clinic to go to with lots of people and it's made them feel a little more safe um, because they know they're the only one. So I'm really glad that I've been able to like offer that um, to clients and I feel better because I feel like I have more of the control around who's coming and going and who I'm seeing and not seeing and, and that kind of thing. So, um, sorry, I think that's something that is similar between the three of us. Like, of course, Nicole and I, we share our space, but with Brittany too, it's the fact that it's a smaller, um, clinic and then it's a one in one out. We don't really have a lot of crossover because we're not multiple therapists treating at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been easier and then easier just to clean the space because it might be smaller and again, less traffic. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause imagine like we worked where we worked, worked like, in that big clinic. Yeah. yeah. You would not be able to work mm-hmm. like on the same days like we no. used to before. Yeah. Which would put a huge strain because who gets what days and yeah. who gets what nights. And maybe that's a big push for RMTs who are looking to make a change through all of this um, to maybe look at maybe if they can work from their home or look at like renting a, like a, a small rental, unit maybe it's within like their ability because maybe a lot of people didn't because they felt like will clients follow me if I just do it from my home and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm sure you've heard I'm pretty sure clients are looking for like a more but we'll call it intimate like smaller space because of all of this yeah. they don't want to be in a big waiting room and and all of that anymore whereas a lot of clients I think before did like that because they had like a say podiatrist and a chiropractor and a chiropractor and a physio and they had yeah. it all in one place yeah and now it's like maybe I do not want to be in that kind of environment and probably most of the therapists if they were all working on the same day aren't anymore exactly so the convenience is gone anyways Right. I feel that like a lot of like after all of this, more people are going to be wanting to, to support like small local. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like Nicole said, like the majority of my clients, well, all of them, obviously, they keep so coming. <laughs> so they like the idea that I work from home and that it is small and it's very like one on one because as of now, I don't have any clients overlapping each other at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Same, same. So I wanted to throw it out there. We had like, I guess, a little change that happened just before I feel like we all went back to this screening Mm -hmm. that the the treatment of people who've been in contact with COVID and they switched it to like without proper PPE in place. And I've been seeing the message boards light up with RMT, (laughs) very stressed about this. So I just kind of wanted to get both of your opinion really on like how you feel about that. Are you, even if somebody says yes to that, like they've been in contact, if it's a nurse or someone, but they've worn proper PPE, are you going to ask them to postpone still? Are you open to them treating? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I'll give my thoughts because it might be different uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> from yours, actually, yeah. <laughs> just because I saw your face. <laughs> so I actually do. I do have clients who are nurses. I have a client who, I have clients who are nurses on the ICU floor of the local hospital. They 100% have been in contact with them. They haven't come in yet. I know they're coming in soon. And I personally do not have a problem treating them. I understand I am pregnant. I understand there are there are extra risks. Um, there's been some information coming out that more women are being admitted to the hospital if they have COVID. Now, the study mentioned that they um, understand that they don't know why. I think maybe doctors are more hot to trot to put a, someone who's pregnant in. Um, also, my lung space is already half of what it normally is. So I can't <laughs> imagine what a cough would make me feel like. So I can see where that would progress to, but I personally feel okay. I think 
that someone who is in those situations is probably taking five times as much care um, as someone who is not because they have the knowledge, they have the access to the PPE, and they are looking after their own family. You know, so I think because of that, I have I don't have any problem seeing them. I think out of anyone, they're probably the clients of mine that are most apt to tell me when they're sick uh, because they know they understand how it comes through. I know they have good hand hygiene already. I know they take those risks every day when they walk into the work and they know how to mitigate them. So I personally feel okay with it. I get where some might not. Um, But I know my clients and I know the in particular nurses that are there. And I think that that's, I think that's okay. I'm okay with it for sure. So, yeah. So I, <laughs> I actually just uh, read the updated version yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we got that email um, like yeah. two weeks ago or whenever it was like yeah. a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just updated my screening questionnaire <laughs> yesterday. Um, but personally, i feel fine with it too. And I literally have been telling every client that I had like in June um, that I feel more than com- comfortable and confident in my cleaning skills mm-hmm. and the protocols that I have set in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think, well, maybe I probably have a couple clients that might come in contact with it. Um, but I'm not worried because I literally treat everyone like they have had it. Mm-hmm. So you leave and like every main, well, most things get wiped down and I try not to allow clients to like touch my doorknobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with it. Um, yeah. cause I don't want to be treating it. Like, I don't think it's fair to like not have someone come because they work with COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't, I do it. Yeah, I agree with you, Nicole. Well, both of you, really, just because, like, I I did have a nurse, ICU nurse, to come in um, this week, and not gonna lie, I kind of forgot when she booked that she was an ICU nurse, and then when she came in, I was like, oh right. But then at the same time, like, again, they have access to all higher PPE than we have. Well, yeah. we have access to it, but they have it more readily available, and we're supposed to not like really use it so that they can have more access yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. And again, they have higher levels of hand hygiene and sterilization and everything within the hospital. And I have, um, my girlfriend works at a hospital and I keep talking to her about it because she, um, she's a respiratory therapist. So like if anybody, she's right in the middle of it. Yeah. Thankfully her role that she's taken on has changed and she's not on those COVID units or ICU or anything, but like she understands the impact (laughs) of it. And she was like, honestly, like, when I told her all of our pretty cleaning pr- protocols, she's like, they're pr- pretty much on medical, like hospital, almost standards, like almost yeah. there. So she's like, I feel confident with what you're doing and what you guys have put in place. So yeah, again, I don't, they know best. I feel like they already have a better sense than the general public. So I don't have any concerns. Again, if somebody maybe was a cold, cold call, non-referred I may ask them maybe a few more questions just to like build a bit of a rapport mm-hmm. um, if they were like a doctor or a nurse. But then again, I, I, I trust the medical community. I put my faith in the medical system, mm-hmm. even with its flaws. So yeah. 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 
Yeah, they have access to more information, I think, even than us in terms of like the up and coming, the new, right? Um, They a hundred times a day, uh, like I know a lot of them, like when you go to the hospital, you get temperature checked and you get screened. So every day on their way to work, they get this. So probably, you know what I mean? Like if it's their day off, probably four days in a row, they were just asked, right? And two weeks before that, um, because it's risky for them to go into work if they have it. So I feel like that's probably something that helps um, very much too. And they, they see the risk. And I think a lot of them, um, I know one particular who booked with me, I know she was like, are you comfortable? And it's, mm-hmm. I feel kind of sad that they have to even feel that way. You know what I mean? But I get it. They, then that's the thing. They're aware. They understand. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. that global awareness about them. Whereas like you go up to the grocery store and some people like refuse to wear a mask and like the way they're like touching every single item on the shelf. And like the, the masses don't have that global awareness, um, that they do. So I think out of anyone, maybe they're like probably safer to like, um, in terms of risk of exposure. Cause it seems like a lot of people now who are getting it, um, are just, they don't even know necessarily where it came from. You know what I mean? Or it came from someone they knew was positive. So they can trace it that way. But most cases these days seem to be popping up from like, well, I don't know. I've just gone to the grocery store and home type of idea. Right. Um, just cause you're in that kind of environment. So yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah. I haven't had any, um, yeah. And, and like you're saying too, I find with, um, the medical clients I have that are immersed in the medical system, their question, like, they're like, are you comfortable? You know what my job is. Are you comfortable? So they're aware I, 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 and that makes me trust them even more. So yeah. I, I, again, I think the consensus between the three of us is we're not like, you know, as long as they pass screening and everything, then, um, then we're pretty good. Yeah. They're not going to lie. No, compared to other people. (laughs) Yeah. They know the risk, so they're not going to, they're going to be completely honest. Um, yeah, they have that awareness. So that was a good question. I guess I did see that actually. I I like that when they changed it, because I did have, um, client too. I had booked in and I mean, I was going to have to ask, like, have you been on a shift with someone with COVID? And I knew their answer was going to be yes. And then I was going to have to be like, well, I can't see you then. And I didn't think that was fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, um, a good call on the CMTO part for direction, I think. But then I guess there are like, as an RMT, if you are immunocompromised or if you're working from your home and you have someone in your home who's immunocompromised, maybe you feel a little different, different, right? Uh, so I don't think being uncomfortable with it or not wanting to take them is um, necessarily a bad thing, depending on your circumstance. But again, we are regulated health providers. We've been told we can go back to work because we provide health care to clients who are in need. And um, that does come with a part of like what we do, what we signed up for. And we take all of the precautions and we have the ability to uh, more than some to decide like who we do and don't see. Uh, but I think RMT sort of have to take like a, like a hard look at mm-hmm. that. Um, do our like, personal risk assessments. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Weird. I think we did like maybe something about that at some point. <laughs> maybe like at least one IPAC video on that one. Yeah. So yeah, personal risk assessment. Um, it all comes back to that. And we've talked about that in our last one too. So actually I was wondering, Heather, how have you been feeling coming back? So we've both been back a week now. So how yeah. have you been implementing all of the things for you? <laughs> I feel comfortable. So like we've kind of mentioned previously in podcasts, I suffer from anxiety and panic attack disorder. Um, 
thankfully I'm in a season of like feeling good. And so I know a lot of my family has been worried about me going back and like concerned about that for me. But honestly, I felt like the, the first day I walked into that clinic, I literally walked in, closed the door, put my stuff down and just took this big sigh of, of just like, I feel like I'm home. Like I feel yeah. like I feel comfortable. I don't feel off. And like my concern was wearing mask, like just because I'm not used to wearing a mask, like everyday treating. Um, so that was a bit of like a concern. So I was wearing it around the house, like here and there, I would wear it to the grocery store, little things just to get comfortable. But after my first client, I felt like, Oh, this doesn't feel bad at all. Like mm -hmm. I feel comfortable. I'm somebody that does suffer from claustrophobia. So I was like, I didn't actually feel claustrophobic. I actually felt safer with the mask. I felt like I was in a bubble where like, I don't know, I was just, I just felt like it was a barrier and, and more of a bubble between me and my client. I know it's physical, actual barrier, but it felt like also more of like an energy. I don't know how to explain that. Like, I just felt like there was even more of this bubble between me and them mm -hmm. in a positive way. So I just like felt comfortable and I was like as soon as like the first person turned over and for head neck shoulders and Nicole and I've kind of talked about like we're gonna talk to our clients before they even get on the table like are you comfortable being prone and supine mm -hmm. because maybe the client might not be comfortable with um, being supine even though we're both wearing a mask and the client was comfortable and then I kind of had a thought of oh my gosh I might not have to breathe in any more coffee breath or that <laughs> garlic bagel that they had at like, yeah oh this is nice like absolutely yep. <laughs> I'm so happy to be back and of course it's been a slow like I've been kind of just keeping it like a soft open, like we said with you, Brittany, kind of the same idea. I've been just, I know, come the end of the year, I'm going to be crazy. So I'm trying to ramp that back up um, without, so I don't burn out because I want to make sure I'm there for, to support my clients as well as Nicole's clients when she goes on mat leave. So um, yeah, I've been feeling great. I'm just happy to be back and I probably need to have my own massage again soon. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do. Uh, Self-care. We have to remember that. Uh, actually, what I wanted to talk about is um, you'd mentioned like the like energy uh, with clients. And this is something I noticed this week going back and I didn't take the uh, soft launch route, <laughs> mainly because I'm going off in four months. So it didn't really make sense for me to do that. But um, Something that I've noticed this week is the um, the anxiety people have. I feel like a big part of my job is, and it was something we had talked about before, is sort of reintegrating people back into society mm -hmm. and having positive therapeutic touch. Like I had thought that it might be something, but I was really, I guess, um, after the first day, sort of unprepared in some ways how how much. Uh, that was going to be a part of our treatment. Everyone seems to be starting from ground zero. Like I've never treated them in my whole life. Yeah. So it's a yeah. lot of grit work getting people sort of back to where they were. Um, so, I mean, I love a good challenge. So I'm, I'm good with that. Um, so that physically is going to be a lot um, going back. But emotionally, people are coming back with so much anxiety and tension and stress and not sure um how to feel about it all i mean they're there because they need it and they that's why they're there uh but i know a lot of them are quite unsure i had one client and he was my 
last client of the day. And I knew he was struggling a little bit with coming back, but he knew he needed it. And I know he trusted me. And I told him over and over again, if you're not comfortable, I don't take it personally. I understand. And uh, he gave it a shot. He came in and uh, he managed to fall asleep on the table. And it honestly made me feel so good because I can tell you when I walked in that room after washing my hands, I could feel him holding his breath. Like he couldn't breathe in a room around me. Like it was that like notable how stressed he was. Um, so uh, we're going to be working through a lot of those emotional barriers with people going forward too. So uh, it's going to be exhausting over explaining yourself a hundred times into the same patient, even if like they've already been in as like it changes and whether numbers go up or down or whatever it is that they do. Um, so I think RMTs need to make sure they're getting their own self-care and treatment. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be important because uh, if any time you're going to burn out, it's going to be now. None of us has worked in months. Mm -hmm. um, we're all a little out of like touch shape. practice and shape. None of us are going to go to the gym. I don't know about you, but I haven't done like anything other than walk with my two-year-old that stopped. <laughs> so that's not anything. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we look after ourselves and our bodies and uh, emotionally too. Because um, very early on in my career, the thing I noticed most wasn't the physical burnout. It was the emotional burnout of dealing with clients all day. So this is big. And uh, we said it before, I think RMTs have like a really awesome ability in this new world to take a good foothold in the healthcare system. We bring such a unique blend of emotional and physical, that biosocial psycho model to healthcare that I'm so excited that we can sort of like shine because I think this is going to be Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know you guys like mentioned in your last podcast about like reopening, about like how you guys went about like booking your clients and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just like about your protocols and that. And I know I sent like a pre protocol guideline before we got like our official guidelines um at the end mm -hmm. of May, like mm -hmm. when they sent out the um temporary ones. Mm -hmm. Um and like my whole concern was I just wanted to make sure that like clients felt safe coming back to my house because one, it's a house practice. So I feel like sometimes people can be kind of thrown off by that. Um, so I like really like try to make sure that they understood that I was taking precautions, like mm -hmm. not just in my business area in my house, but that all of us in the house were and that like the rest of my house gets taken care of as well. Mm -hmm. So did you like send out email, Brittany, to your, of like, here's my guidelines, like kind of send it out a few times because it was a lot of information. Is that how you kind of did a mass communication? Yeah. So, cause we got those, like, uh, like the guidelines that they sent, but they said they weren't like the, right. oh, the, the draft, the draft yeah. guidelines. Right. So then I composed an email and my draft protocols from that. And mm -hmm. I sent that out and then I just let everyone know that things will possibly change, um, because we don't have our official guidelines. Um, and then I just like asked at the same time that like they make sure like to not come in if they're sick and everything and then that way um i was trying to give people somewhat of a heads up about like how the massage visit is going to change a little bit but really like the only thing that's really changed in my opinion on the client side is the mask yes yeah. part. um they don't know all the other stuff that mm -hmm. i'm doing even though it's in my protocols i really like highlighted yeah <laughs> what i wanted people to read and yeah. then 
I also did a part about um, like exactly like you're in your car, I phone you or text you to come to my porch and I like laid out their treatment that way because that's what I wanted people to really understand and the mask part and like you too, I am charging people for masks if they don't bring one. Yep. I yeah. can't afford to keep giving people masks. Yes, so. Have you had anyone have a problem with wearing the mask or the hand sanitizing or anything like that? No, they've no. all done it. And I had I have one client, um, he is, he, he has health issues. So he was like, I don't know how, if I can do this or not. Um, so I was okay without him wearing a mask because I did that pillowcase thingy. Yeah. Um, so I was okay with that. And then I just really cleaned. And he was my only client that day. Nice. Well, so, yeah. Perfect. You took the personal and client risk assessment and decided that they were okay. And it made more sense for them not to wear yes. a mask. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you're saying with the communication, having like, a, a, I don't even say really strong, but like a presence in your email marketing of your business mm-hmm. um, is super important at this time. Like, um, I, I'm, I don't know how much you do email marketing or like monthly check-ins or anything with yours, but you're clearly <laughs> using it. <laughs> you're clearly using it for communicating this. And I think it's important. Um, I know both like Nicole and I, we kind of do like a monthly newsletter and like with all of this, we've been like continuously almost like twice a week emailing and it, we might be like, Hey, remember if you didn't read in the last one, here are the guidelines again, like, or here, this is what you have to do. I think just some people might get your really good clients who always read your emails might be like, okay, I've already read this, but the ones that kind of skim things, if you've hit them two or three times with emails prior to them even coming in or booking an appointment, it's kind of like, I've given you all of the information. If, you know, I've put it on my website, I've emailed, I've put it on my social media. Like I've included it in your like appointment confirmation, like things like this. Like at that point, like you've done everything you can and you should be confident as a therapist that you've done everything that you've can at that point. I wanted to know too, Brittany, uh, echoing what Nicole was talking about with like treatments and like client energies coming in and major complaints might be changing. (laughs) Has your treatment approach, have you noticed any changes in the last like week since starting up or so? I just say that I have a lot of work to do on people. <laughs> yeah, Starting back to square one essentially because we've been off for three months. I would uh, I would say that more people were kind of like oh, generally I treat like back problems, mm-hmm. but I can think of one client that she was like all my stresses and my upper back and my neck, and then she was like I'll just tell you about it and like let it go. I was like awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did the for you? You just yeah. had to listen. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but her whole thing is like she has to reopen her business, and it, it's mm. a lot. It's way more than what we actually have to do. Oh wow. Um, so she was just like ranting about Mm -hmm. that but I think she felt better um after the treatment but I wouldn't say I don't think like I really can think of anyone besides kind of that one client where I was like oh this changed a little bit Mm -hmm. but I am making everyone refill out a health history form and like Mm -hmm. all my agreements and stuff again just so like it is up to date and stuff because like you guys mentioned there's going to be a lot more like anxiety and stuff like that around people Mm -hmm. and I don't really think um I had anyone like Nicole that was like anxious about it Mm -hmm. but most of my clients like when I did my like booking people in um 
I allowed, so I have people that book all year. So I actually contacted them first and to see if they wanted extra time Mm -hmm. because in my opinion, they pay my bills. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then I contacted like clients that would always book after they Mm -hmm. leave for their treatment. So like monthly or uh, every three weeks type thing. And then I convinced a majority of my clients to pre-book because I went down to five clients per day instead of like, normally I was seeing like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, I strongly recommend that you pre-book. So either like I spent like eight hours reworking my schedule in extra days. And then like I pre-booked people for them. And I was like, trust me, it will just make your life easier. It will make my life easier. So I did that. And out of like everyone I contacted, I only had three people that were like, I'm not interested right now because I'm just like, I'm not mm-hmm. ready to go out. I'm like, yep. by all means. That's yeah. Decision. <laughs> well, because then I find that like, so like each week of the month, I generally see like the same person yes. just based on how people are booked. But like I have people that they just like it because they like the consistency and I want to essentially I trained people yes. <laughs> to, yes. to be like that um, because that's what I like. But like as of now, I probably don't have spots until like middle of August mm-hmm. when wow. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So because of five people, like it'll be interesting to see how my revenue has changed for July. Yeah. Because I'm nerdy like that. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> no, so. it's good. That goes to like um thrill this RMT sort of to look at their business as a whole. And it goes back to a lot of RMTs wondering how they're going to survive doing only five instead of seven. Mm-hmm. Because what people don't understand is like, oh, it's only two hours, but it's two hours a day, let's just say four days a week at what? an hour. Like it adds up to a lot of of income. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out how we can manage our life and our finances and our business. And um, does that mean you increase fees? Does it mean you add a day? Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't mean you um, just work a longer day so you can still see seven people. But instead of seeing seven people in 10 hours or something, you you stay an extra two hours a day, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I did because I cut mine off at five people a day because I've been putting uh, 30 minutes between each people because mm-hmm. I generally like to work from like around like 12, 1230. And then I usually would work till like nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm for two nights a week. Yeah. Um, cause I only work three or four days a week and then I always give myself a long weekend, but that's why, because I'm like, if I'm giving myself 30 minutes between people, I'm like, that's an extra two and a half hours of my day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was, and I wanted to have time for the cleaning, for the stuff to dry and then to be able to have like the paperwork done. And then the invoices sent and everything, Mm because I'll forget by the end of the night what I did. You bring up an interesting point. So the 30-minute thing, that was a big topic. And uh, I'll say this. So I had a bunch of people already pre-booked for evening. My evenings were already really busy. So what I did is for any of those clients, I said, here's the deal. I'm going to keep your appointment at an hour. You have a 15 minute break after you between your next person. If I'm running behind because of all of this, note that I might shorten your treatment. Everyone seemed to be okay with that. Um, knowing that they'd be showing up maybe not for an hour. It might be mm-hmm. 45 minutes instead, just because I'm getting a handle on it, but I didn't want to shorten them and then realize I could have done it. I'll say from the first week I've had most have been 30 minutes apart. I have had people who have been 15 minutes apart. 
And I have found it manageable. The only thing I'm unable to get done right then and there seems to be the treatment note, um, which I do either on my lunch break if they're in the morning or at the end of my day and while I'm letting everything dry um, and cleaning. So I've roped it in there. So I have found I've been at work probably half an hour later in the day than I normally am. And I'm probably at work 15, 20 minutes earlier than I normally am. Um, just like prepping and setting up and making sure I have all of my things ready to be able to send out or treatment notes ready to go to fill in, um, that kind of thing. So I think 15 minutes might be doable in the future. I don't know if it'll be 15 minutes between every single person. I do find after like two, the two people that I had 15 minutes apart, having a 30 minute break after them was really nice to be able to catch up in terms of just administrative stuff. Yeah. So being able to return that phone call or that text message or that email, because all of three of us are all of the pieces for all of our admin <laughs> front desk. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I found that. So um, if any RMTs are wondering about like, can you do 15 minutes? I found it doable. You just have to figure out that extra 15 minutes somewhere else in your day, whether it be your lunch break or after work or before work the next day. Um, so I think that might be something I might be able to do um, in my schedule where I do two people 15 minute apart, then a 30 minute break, then two people 15 minute apart, like in between, then a 30 minute break. Like maybe something like that would work better for in the future. And then it kind of makes half the time 30 minutes and half the time 15 so you can make up and put in a whole another hour so instead of doing five now you can do six right, right? so bridging yeah. that gap so um i'm excited to see where that goes although i say that in a few months from now i'm probably gonna start just putting 30 minutes between because i'm so pregnant and it's gonna take me 20 minutes to walk to the bathroom so you need those people <laughs> <laughs> just waddling around so i don't know how long that will go but there was something i did note this last week that 15 minutes was suffice to do all the things you had to do, but not administratively. So yeah. maybe if you have a front desk staff who does do all the point of sale, um, rebooking, rebooking, all of that, you may be able to do 15 minutes. People can go back to doing back to back. That does, that seems absolutely impossible with like cleaners having to take a certain amount of time to actually disinfect. But um, yeah, I think that might be something we can do. So that was a big hurdle for a lot of RMTs, but as people go and get back, I think we'll find that um, we can kind of make it work. Well, and I found like after my first day back, uh, my first day I treated three people and I actually put extra space between them because I wasn't sure how things were going to go. And then my second day I did the 30 minutes, but after the first day I rearranged some things and then also like figured out what was the best way to like get the cleaning done mm -hmm. and then still have time for like everything to dry and then have the table like remade and everything reset up. But I would say like probably one of my bigger changes is normally when I was finished work, I would have my room set up for the next day um, and then just have like everything set up. But now I'm finding I'm having to like prepare myself like 30 minutes before just to get the first like clean of the day in. Mm -hmm. So that's been different mm -hmm. for me. And um, I always do a lot of laundry, but now it's like at least it's two loads instead of one load. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, the laundry. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't, 
even though I think maybe I'm using, I don't even know if I'm using more laundry than some people, uh, but I, for every person, it's literally a fitted sheet, mm-hmm. a two flat sheets, a top sheet, and then a face cradle cover. I use two face cradles. Yeah, she uses two face cradle oh. covers. And then, I um, towels. yeah, if there's a towel, like it's been outrageous how much laundry there is. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Um, yeah. whatever. I'm doing laundry now seven days a week because <laughs> on top of that just child laundry yes. so yeah I get uh, up in the middle of the night and change my laundry, laundry over yeah so I put it in <laughs> I'll put it in at night and then I'll ask my husband when the buzzer goes off to swap it over um so that the next morning I only have to put in like one load into the washing machine and then I already have one dried mm-hmm. and usually second loads so have two to fold already. Like yeah. it's, it's definitely going to be a learning curve and being like, how efficient can I be? Like while this is doing the drying or the washing or the tables drying off, what can I do in this three minutes that it takes my cleaner to dry so I can wipe it down again and put sheets on? What else can I do? Right. Yeah. So, cause I almost yeah. like after my first day, I had to like prepare myself like a checklist just so I wouldn't forget like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day, because I want to say, like I said before, there's not like a lot of extra things added. It's just, um, just have to like, oh yeah, I have to do cleaning. And the biggest thing, or another thing was that, um, the, the cleaning checklist oh the logs oh I, there's so many logs I have to like <laughs> leave it up on my page so I remember to just actually like type in the time and mm-hmm, everything yeah. because that's not something that we ever had to do before like I did not like that yeah checklist but but not the uh the cleaning logs so that's been a little bit of adjustment that's something I wanted to like kind of say too is I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of RMTs like asking out there in massage Facebook world like what you know online booking software client charting software do you use and this and that and whatever you use I it, like to me that's up to you and your price limit and what you're looking for but I do highly recommend um going to a software um for your booking your charting like it does your like um finances too like if you want to print off of like how much hst you collected in whatever time frame you want you literally click like three buttons and print it off or you know you want to like see how many people you treated in the month or these three weeks or if you're trying to figure out your serve you can literally pull up and be like here between this date and this date yeah you mean what's my income for this, my gross. And then you just find out your net and boom, there you go. So I highly recommend it. There's many out there. I have been using it for a year. I can't remember how long you guys have been using it. I haven't seen anything where I've had an issue with it. Um, And anytime I've had any technical issues, um, they're so easy to talk to. Yeah, yeah it, so. it also makes your clinic look just that much more streamlined, yeah. right? And professional, yeah. like handwritten receipts and things are great. But like, I remember when I went out on my own, because I had started using Soap Vault just before I made the leap onto my own, because I was doing so many house calls outside of the clinic I was working at. It was getting to be too much for me to every single week, like handwrite receipts on carbon copy and write it all down in my ledger. Like it was so much. And the clinic I was using that didn't use soap felt, but they used, and I, I was like, I need something where I can not have to carry my appointment book around. I didn't have to carry my files to every person's house. Like it was just getting to be a lot 
wasn't sure if I was going to, I had thought about just doing house calls at one point, not having a physical location. So I was like, this needs to be not this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause what happens if I show up to a client's house and like their husband wants a treatment and I have the time, I can't just like pull up like treatment paper on it. Yeah. Right. So um, I found soap vault. They gave me a 30 day trial. trial. And after one day I was like, <laughs> I'm sold. I bought it. I didn't even do yeah. the 30 days. I told Brittany and she was like, this is amazing. We've seen it evolve over the last few years um, into what it yeah, is. So it has changed quite a bit. It has yeah. changed quite a bit. Um, so in a good way, in a, a good yeah. way. Yeah. they're always on top of it. Um, we can only speak from that because we've only used it, but mm-hmm. I think now in this time with all the things we have to like have written down to contract tracing and like all of the things that you have to do to run um, a successful business where time is money. Um, uh, I think finding like a system that works for you and using technology in this new world is like a really important Mm -hmm. thing. The less pens and paper people have to touch to sign documents is important. Um, the ability to send out a, like our, our seven page, um, handbook to people and not physically have to like print it out for every person to read. It's really awesome. Oh, well, um, the pre-screening now. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's the fact that it like actually saves like a tremendous amount, amount of, of paper time. and time, have all of that and change it on a dime for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, clients, I think, prefer emails. They like text message reminders, they like email reminders, um, all of those types of things. So th- I think uh, we kind of have to keep up with um, where our clients are headed because they get all of that from their work. Dentist office use it. Medical doctor use it. Like I have a OB appointment in two weeks and it is a Zoom meeting on whatever ONN or whatever it is that they're yeah. using now. Their telehealth. Um, my first one is on, and they're going to ask me the questionnaire via Zoom or whatever it is. So um, like that, um, if they're all able to go that route, um, we, we definitely yeah. Do it well, safely and securely. Streamlining well, and making your admin more efficient is I think what's key, especially right now. And like you both yeah. had kind of mentioned throughout this, like streamlining your cleaning and fine tuning those things and going through it a couple times for sure. That yeah. streamlining everything as much as possible is key. And just always be kind of thinking about how can how can I make this step more efficient or mm-hmm. things like that, I think is super important at a time like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's uh, causes us all to sort of stop on a dime and reevaluate uh, uh, sort of what we're doing in terms of processes. And I, I like that. I like when life challenges. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a good week back. I think that's the consensus for the yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, whether you're in your home or in like a single practitioner clinic with us. Um, even though there's been a lot dumped on us individually to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think the three of us have figured out ways to implement it all and make it worth our time to still be back uh, and running and treating clients and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just got to like be your area and kind of go from there <laughs> and what will work for you. Mm-hmm. I am like, I am really lucky. I can block off my house. Yeah. So it's just a business area. Mm-hmm. But, um, I know there are people that there will be people from home that won't be able to do that, but you just need to think of ways like because Nicole and Heather, they don't have the bathroom Mm -hmm. accessible, but at least they have the hand sanitizer stations and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's um, the CMTO gave us what we needed to do. And then it was up to sort of how we implemented it. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I would say that you guys probably have more of those like public health posters. Yeah. um, Whereas I'm, 
I took those posters and made stuff on my Cricut. Yeah. We're a Cricuter, are we? Because yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't, like, my big thing is I, I had to, like, stop at one point. And I was like, okay, this is my house at yeah. the same time. I don't want to have to be, like, rearranging and then putting things back and then yeah. fixing it all each time every day I work. So I tried to make it pretty, like, minimal, but pretty at the yeah. same time. and. Yeah. I am just like a person that doesn't like put a lot of pictures and stuff out anyways in my business area. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have no, no you pictures don't have any. No. in my business area. Um, but I did cricket two, three signs that I can think of Yeah, just because it was my house. And I was like, I don't want to be like taking this down. But it's really, literally the public health signs, and I just, just made put, them pretty. <laughs> mm, they're, yeah, they're pretty. You have like the COVID screening one on like a nice metal Yes. sign hanging at the door so when yeah. you're screening people instead of handing them something to um to look at while you ask them like all their symptoms and the questions they can just like look yeah, at it perfect. so it's like and I mean it changes but you can just visit like you know what I mean without yeah. PPA is not like a hard edit yeah. you know what I mean for you to say so and it's, it looks really nice so you like you see it and it's yeah it's really I didn't pretty. want like it just all over because I don't want to have to do more work than we are yeah. required yeah. to do. And a big, ugly, red attention visitor sign. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. really, it doesn't, yeah. Your your vibe of your home um, is part of the charm as to like why people come to exactly. you, right? Yeah. So you don't want to take away uh, from that, whereas ours is more of in like a building. So having yeah. that like on the front door mm-hmm. um, isn't a big deal. Also, I for us, the reason we also put it on the front door is I wanted other people who rent in the building to see what we are doing and to see we're keeping it um, safe for them too because I'm aware that as a lease holder in that building most people in the building don't have clients there's like Mm -hmm. only a few of us that have people externally coming up to the second floor Mm -hmm. so I wanted them to know that although like I'm bringing in five or so people a day walking with them in the hallway that I've taken steps to keep them safe as well right so um I know people um who rent down the hall and stuff from up they've seen the sign and they they're like oh it looks like you guys have done a lot of like work to come back and it's like you have no idea (laughs) (laughs) um so I think that's good so with you like having all of that clients can read it but not taking away from the fact that it's your home well I decluttered but I like more so my room because I had like a, I have a corner shelf where people can put their clothes and stuff on. So I used to have textbooks and stuff on that. So I took that away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do have like a high shelf like that no one can touch. Like I have to stand on my table to get to it. Mm-hmm. So I left stuff on that and I have a big window seal and I left stuff on that because I still feel that I wanted to like bring out my own personality yeah and like that's what people like like Nicole said like every time people come to like you change this again and you mm-hmm. did this and then like my French room and hallway I didn't take anything away from that because I had like a bench with a blanket and a pillow and I was at one point I was like oh I should take this all away and then I was like no <laughs> just stop yeah how many people actually touch the on no, one, no one right yeah um, yeah yeah Especially it's sandal weather, so they just slip their shoes on right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sit down. So yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah. Like we said, we've summarized kind of that it's, you know, take what the CMTO gave us and uh, do your environmental risk assessment, your personal risk assessment, your client risk assessments, and like figure out what works for you and your client. Yes, 
it's nice to get input. Like we are here chatting mm-hmm. with each other, but like, don't, I don't want to see RMTs free, like nervous or scared or like, Oh, this person's doing this. So I mean, mean means mm-hmm. I have to do this, but just, yeah. you have to look at what works for you and do what works for you. And if that's taking on seven or eight clients a day or backing it off to three or four, just do what makes sense for you and your family. And I just, it breaks my heart whenever I see all the posts on Facebook and it just seems like everybody's so stressed. And I just want to be like, okay, let's have like a nice little zoom meditation. Everybody take a deep breath in, (laughs) deep breath out. We are okay. Let's stop, you know, getting mad at each other for things. Like you don't know what each other, what their clinic looks like, what they, what they have to deal with, what, who they have at home. So, um, yeah, I think this has been like a really nice chat. It's nice to like hear from somebody who's doing home visits. Cause I know, again, like we said, a lot of people were stressing who ha- or have the same clinic set up as you. And they've been nervous about having people in and keeping their family safe. And it looks, sounds like you kind of got it down to a T. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that helps. I never like once was like nervous about having people come in because um, I just always like treated people <laughs> like they're gross because <laughs> so, um, I, I said that before. So I just like treat everyone like they always do have some kind of mm-hmm. sickness or like a cold or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. I always went above. Well, what it seems like sometimes from the RMT page is more cleaning than what some RMTs have been doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but I think you need to like take the CMTO guidelines and then incorporate them into your own practice and think for yourself at the same time. Thanks for joining us, Brittany. We really appreciate it. Nice to finally meet you. And thank you for also sticking with us through a little bit of technical difficulties. We have (laughs) this podcast. So I think that means it's everybody's favorite time, RMT time. RMT time. (laughs) Let's start. uh, I saw Brittany was drinking out of uh, RMTP mug earlier. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So um, uh, I actually made uh, Brittany and I tea so we're actually drinking just peachy from david's tea so it's Uh like a peach fruit tea and it tastes like peaches and it's good hot or cold which is great because it was hot when we started and cold (laughs) so it worked all the way through perfect it was delicious though thank you that is oh no problem (laughs) (laughs) that is one of my favorite like summertime really anytime it's just so like not overly powering in your face, mm-hmm. just a nice peach subtle um, drink. I'm drinking gratefully yours again from David's tea. Mm-hmm. It's a tea with like, I think it has blue pea flower in it because it does have that color. And I think it has like black grapes with a hint of tart berry and a complex finish. <laughs> it probably has hibiscus in there too. Um, yeah, hibiscus, raisins, natural flavoring, blue fl- pea butterfly pea blossom, grape seeds, black currants, apple, and it's a white tea. So it is caffeinated, but I like it because again, it's a nice one, even though it's caffeinated tea, it's nice that it's like, can be good hot or cold during like make it a nice iced tea or like put a little like lemonade in with it to sweeten it would be really good too. So yeah. Be like tea mixologist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Brittany, for joining us. Uh, we hope that this podcast uh, helped a little bit more, especially for our other home uh, clinic owners. Mm-hmm. And uh, just be safe and be well out there. Wash your hands.
Welcome to the Massage Therapy Podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Nicole. We are RMT's female small business owners and colleagues with more than 13 years of experience. Join us each episode as we sit down and discuss the latest in massage therapy, share experiences, and talk to other practitioners in the healthcare world. Grab a cup of tea, put up your feet, and enjoy the episode.